Rob and Youssef, two Drew crew, run your mouth, express yourself, I could just All do right. that for the entire episode. We just play that in the background until we get sick of it. I don't think it will get. I don't think the microphones pick it up at all. But I'm into it. Um, all right, we are back at Newsroom Studios. Yes. And Yussel is a bit under the weather. Um. Yeah. His kids came home with some diseases. They're not even sick. What? Like oh, it's really? so fucked up. I mean, it's summertime. It's weird <laughs> time to be getting sick. What did you do? I don't know. I think it's. I just am getting old. It's like every time the the seasons change, right? I just get like ill until the next season changes. Really, just, just for the whole season? Sick. Like this is no, you the, gonna the be sick for the entire lasted, summer? Like, forever, where it was like, just I felt like shit for like a good two months, but like not really sick at all. You had two months of feeling sick of during like, the winter, of like kind of under the rate. You know, it's it's not like true sickness. It's hard to explain. Where I just feel like, ugh, waking up every morning and like just having like a that lot of That just sounds like depression. Congestion. <laughs> no, it, it was all, it was all like, I don't know, congestion and shit like that. Right. And then by the end of the day, it was like, oh, I feel I feel fine. Okay. Then it was like, start up right the next morning. Do you ever consider <clears throat> if you ate healthier that you wouldn't deal with that <laughs> bullshit? Probably. Yeah. But I haven't really gone down that uh, road no, to I, experience it. I have my... try it out. I have my healthy and non-healthy days, and I will say I feel better on my healthy days. Oh, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Like... No, I find that there's a, like a... Cra- like when you eat shitty, firstly, I just find I spend the entire day kind of trying to chase that thrill of eating shitty. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's part of it. Uh, and then the other part of it is... It's like, how can I top that? It's not even top that. I find like... Firstly, I find that I'm hungry. Like, if I eat, like, a big-ass sandwich for lunch... Uh-huh. Oh, you're going to want, like, a on-par meal for the next meal you have. No, I find I'm hungrier sooner. Like, just, like... It, 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 I, I've compared it to this. It's almost like when a vampire gets that taste of blood, and now it's got the, the taste of blood in its mouth. So it's like, if I don't eat any trigger foods, like, I wake up, and let's say I just eat some, like, egg whites for breakfast... And now I'm not hungry, but I haven't had any food thrills. So, like, lunch comes around. Like, maybe I'll eat a salad. It's like, I just, I'm eating because, like, It's kind of, like, hungry. progressive. Yeah, but it's like, if I start off my breakfast and I With eat, like, like, a, a cookie, yeah. then, like, at some point, your mood starts to dip. You almost get, like, it's not a headache, but you get that, that like, grogginess. And yeah. then you're like, all right, I need to eat something else. And then it's you got to like, up it oh, with some pizza. I need pizza. some chocolate, like, yeah. oh, just to bridge the gap to lunch. And then that just becomes the whole day is eating shitty, feeling yeah. shitty. And then at some point, you switch to booze. Because see, I'm yeah, but you're saying that's the way that ends, yeah, because okay. to, to try and balance out the crashing from the <laughs> shitty food, because you don't want to like you just feel groggy and you don't like feeling groggy. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I I get that first part. Right. I'm not. I'm. I don't lead to the like night drinking though. Right. Right. I gotta say, this is information I don't want to be putting out into the world at all. <laughs> About what? <laughs> this whole thing. I don't know oh, why yeah. <laughs> why we went down this road, but okay. Uh, anything else you'd like to report other than your health ailments? I mean, I feel bad. We're coming into nice weather, and it sounds like you're gonna be sick for the whole summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seasons um, change, and it's too much for your body. <laughs> My body shuts down. Like, what the fuck is this season? <laughs> it's hot now. We can't handle hot. We just got used to cold. <laughs> we need at least a month here, guys. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, because we're not we're not we're not gonna work here. We're right? using all these resources to try and process lunch. We can't handle season changes too. Is that a tie? Um, Do you wear suits and ties? You know it. I can't make sales over the phone unless I'm dressed nicely. <laughs> I gotta feel good about myself. Uh, no, I had the uh, my cultural dinner. Right. How this was is, that? Talk about some ritzy Connecticut shit. I had to was go it to, really ritzy, though? No, the fact that my dad was honored at a private school thing that I had to get suited up and go to is pretty ritzy. Well, Just the when concept you, of that. When you sell it like that, yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it was but... a private school event that my dad was being honored at that I had to put a suit on and go to. That's pretty ritzy. Okay. That's like not See, normal. I, like that's I'm, normal to us, but that's not normal life experience in any way. True, I got that. It's like living in the the OC world where they just right. have banquets after banquets. Oh, fuck me, I just spilled seltzer. I mean, I spilled water, but the good news is I got <laughs> seltzer that you just pulled no, out I, of the. I got a seltzer for you. I got you can pick your pick your oh, flavor I could, I could between go for a lemon Ooh, I hope or it's raspberry. Oh, sorry, buddy. It's orange. an orange. You want orange? Unless you want it. No, no, you can go right. orange. I'm gonna have my beer, which we're gonna have to find an opener, but. You know what? Our listeners really don't need to hear about this. I'll find an opener there, soon there's enough. There's some podcasts where they This is the whole thing. It's just them talking about like <laughs> looking for drinks. Beer. No, I was going to say, talking about the beer that they're drinking and right. what, what's... Yeah, um, Pharrell on the bench. Wait, we're going to talk... Well, we'll get to the dinner in a bit. I, I'm going to get right to the news because you're bringing me down we're with all these dinner? health ailments. Oh, the dinner. Yeah, that, that thing Are that my... Are we going to get to that or... What? Are we going to get to that? Oh, we're going to get to that. Oh, okay. I have it. I have a great segue for it. All right. But I feel like now I'm blowing oh, God. the now, fact now that I had like a good segue like, for it. Now it feels very produced, overproduced. Yeah, yeah. I feel that way. T- I felt gross as we I could, said that. You could, yeah, that, there's, I just, I feel worse than I I hate I, this I whole before. episode now. <laughs> but how about we talk about we it, about and then we come back to it with your... No, let's talk about the dinner. All right. Let's, let's get into it. it. So, first is... <laughs> I go ask me. <laughs> we're, we're canceling this. Number sixteen is not existing. Okay, so I went home. Dad's being honored at this thing. I got to go home for this event now. As a kid, I actually told this story on the podcast. They made us do an Israeli dance at this thing. I don't know if you remember that What's story. That? I tried to get out of Israeli dance, and then they oh, made yeah. me do Israeli dance. So I'm sitting, I because th- there was like a reserved table for the honorees family. So I'm so not only are you at this ritzy dinner, you're also at the reserve table at the ritzy dinner. Exactly. So I'm at I'm right at the front, and people are giving speeches, and I can't be. I feel like the whole room's like not that the room is facing me, but I'm I'm literally the front seat. So I feel like I have to pay attention, and I don't get paid well. I don't live a great life, but I will say my life is completely bullshit free. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have kids. I don't really have a boss. I don't have an office. I have to show up to. There is no bullshit in my life. And you got thrown into some bullshit. And I do not handle bullshit well. And I'm sitting there, and these people are dragging on with their speeches where they're ta- telling you about all the wonderful work at the school, and they're just giving you details that you don't need. And now I'm just stuck in the world of bullshit, and I am losing my mind. I could actually imagine picture this very well. Oh, my God. Yes. What I, from my take on this— these speeches were like three-minute speeches, but no, you are losing no, no. your shit over them. <laughs> like the, the, it, Everyone's just, you know, cutting to the chase, saying thank you to that, that say thank no, you I to, think saying one story and they're out. I actually, but I feel like you're viewing this as like a 45-minute no, epic. I think each that, speech was like these no, half-hour things. Not that each blowouts. speech was 45 minutes, but I think the or principal this, went on for about a half hour. Ooh, okay. And, I mean, I got frustrated enough that at one point I walked out naturally. 
And you yes. in the middle mid speech. No, at one point I got up. I got up to leave before my dad gave his speech. But what are you going to do? <laughs> leave the room or leave no, no, the I whole dinner? Leave. I had to leave. I mean, you I got, left the dinner. I left the dinner. Oh boy. Well, I had a spot in the city, and I got there. Did you there. ask him for a ride to the train station? No, no, I didn't do that. No, I got there. I was there, I want to say, at 5. I told him before, and I had a spot in the city at 10, so I had to leave at 8. Okay. And his speech ended up being after. I felt like a dick after I left, but I had to leave. I had a spot Did in the city. Did you talk to him afterwards? or? No, I, I mean, I actually called him the next day, and I said, sorry, I missed the speech. He's like, you weren't there? I was like, no, oh. of course I was there. <laughs> no, I, I, I ratted myself so out. You, got, you, you both were on, like, equal footing. Like, you yeah. just didn't give... Like, if I missed the speech, like, who cares? No, I think he cared because he told some jokes and apparently went over well, so I think he would have liked sure, for me there's to a video have, uh, of it. witnessed the epic performance of his jokes going over well, but I wasn't there for it. But anyways. I'm sure there's a video of it. So I'm sitting in this front row. You can see this, Robbie. You I could experience it. Eh, I don't really want to. <laughs> you don't give a shit. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Um, so I'm sitting in the front row, and... <laughs> Horrible speeches are going on. But then they also go to do this Israeli dance. And for this Israeli dance, it's a bunch of 12 and 13-year-old boys and girls right in front of me dancing. And I don't know where to look. Because <laughs> I don't want to look at them. Were you like at... I'm trying to picture this. Did you have to turn your chair around yes. from the inside of the... T- oh. yes. So you couldn't even spin it around, have your back half towards them so no. you kind of like look at the table because you were in that position no. and i don't want like if you were on the other side of the table it would have been fine like you could just look down you know not that i find these 13 year old girls arousing no, i'm not i'm not but talking about I have that no but like, interest in watching a 13 year old it's weird to me as an adult to be three feet from a 13 year old right. girl and watching them like th- that's just weird why like what the fuck is going on here so I'm like trying to like stare at the roof, stare at the floor. Like I, I'm convinced the entire room is looking at me, trying yeah. to figure out where I'm looking, which is complete insanity. But <laughs> it's just, but, but it's just totally a legitimate. But it's just what's going head through my time. head. Yeah. Okay. I also had this experience while I was at this uh, dinner. I think you might appreciate this. I'm sure. My dad definitely saw my dick. <laughs> at the dinner? <laughs> now let me explain. It's not like I was at the table and I took my cock no, out. No, obviously. So I go to, uh, at some point, I mean, I'm pounding beers. They had a scotch bar, some good food. So I go to use the bathroom, fancy hotel bathroom, and it's got none of the uh, the dividers between stalls. You know, like uh, between, urinals. not between stalls, between urinals. Yeah. Now, when you're in that situation, you have a number of options. One is, if you so choose, you can be a pussy and go to the toilet. But I feel like that's overly... Uh, when when there's a urinal, I love using a urinal. I love a urinal, I wish, too. I wish there were urinals... In more places. Because it's quick. It just, yeah, something about a urinal, it just feels like pissing on the floor. I just love that. <laughs> As a thrill, I get that. Yeah. I love peeing on trees. If I get my option of where to pee, like outdoors yeah, on a tree. you kind of like see the, it sounds sick as fuck. No, no, I but get I'm it. I'm saying like you see like where you actually peed as opposed to like no, in like a this, bowl. I like the sound of it hitting a tree. Yeah. I like the way it, it, like it doesn't really. Trickles down to the the Trickles leaves. down to the earth. You want to hear me? I'll tell you another wedding story. I mean, we were once in Connecticut. We're going to a wedding. It was me. I don't need to rat out the other people I'm with. I'm with two other friends of mine, and we see this sign that there's the largest tree in Connecticut. And we're like, we got to see what the largest tree we gotta in Connecticut is. We got to piss on this tree. Well, that, that's, that's what it became. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it became. But that tree was actually so big and wasn't tall. It was like a girth. It was like oh. so girthy that a family was able to have a picnic on one side of the tree while we were able to pee on the other side of the tree <laughs> without them being able to hear or see us. That's how wide that tree that's is. That's a girthy that, tree. That's a girthy-ass tree. So anyways, I walk into uh, this bathroom, and there's no urinal dividers. Now, I'm kind of game for no urinal dividers. 
depending on where it is. Like if it's and a, the placements. And who's occupying at right. what time. So if it's like at a stadium, it's like, great, I get to look at his dick. Everyone can look at each other's dicks. We can compare streams. I'm into it, right? If it's at work, then it's weird because it's like your coworker. It's kind of like... You look over to each way at a stadium? Depends on the situation. I mean, I'm not really. You sit down, you pee, maybe you catch something sit out of the down? corner. I, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Fair point. <laughs> Take a I, dump in a urinal. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that because it's just hilarious. <laughs> What's funnier than taking the next a shit person in the coming there. Yeah. <laughs> and just seeing a shit in the yeah. urinal? No, I, but wait, wait. Imagine an empty bathroom. You walk in and you see a dude who's just taking a shit in the urinal. He's, and he's reading a newspaper. He's like, what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty confusing sight. Anyways, um, <laughs> we're veering off topic. So I walk in and I'm not, I'm not going to not use the urinal. But then it, it, this is like, oh, it's everyone from the synagogue and the school. You're like, I don't really want to have a no division urinal moment here right and then I, I'll t- no one really talks about this but urinals as much as me you and i enjoy peeing in them there's a spray back issue you can't get too close to a urinal well if you're a vet if what a, a veteran v- of peeing into urinals yeah you can you avoid that. all spray back the vast majority you're of saying it. that you have better experience or you're more practiced with the urinal that you can avoid spray well, back than I can. I think I two to three pisses every work day is at a urinal. I think I might notice more of that. Like spray back doesn't necessarily mean your pants look like you got water on them, but it's just gross to me that like you can be getting particles of piss back at your pants. And if you really pay close attention to the spray back, I think on a minor level, it's a little gross that like we're all ignoring the fact that some piss is coming back at our pants. I just don't think you're a veteran urinaler. Well, you know what? We can go to some stalls after this that we'll don't have a divider, and we can uh, compare our. Well, you're strategies. just gonna look at my dick, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so I go to the urinals. I, 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 I you have that moment. You're like, do I want to angle this way? I want to angle there. And I was like, you know, what? no one's in here. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna take my space. The only person who could possibly be a problem is whoever's taking a shit in that stall. <laughs> but it's not an issue, okay. right? So I'm taking my piss. Out comes the dude from the stall, and it's my dad. <laughs> and he's like, Robbie. And then I'm like, are you just going to – I mean, I didn't look at it. I was like, are you just going to stand there? Like, like he clearly uh, – it was very awkward. <laughs> but No, he clearly had the angle where there was no way to walk out from that stall. Oh, and you not were saying – so you were the only one at the urinal row. Yes. And you were like, okay. And I knew that no I was No one standing. coming in will see my dick. Right. But if – If someone walks out from that they, stall, whoever's sitting in that stall – We'll get a clear – We'll get a clear <laughs> sight line. And uh-huh. it was my, <laughs> it was the old man. Okay. Yeah, Has he ever seen your dick before? I mean, maybe as a kid changing a diaper, but you never cross swords with your dad. No, is that something people do? I, I did growing up. Oh, really? Like going to the bathroom and nah. peeing in the same toilet. No, no, no. Never did that with your dad. No memories of that. No, oh. maybe I blocked it out, but no, that's not something I think I did. All right, so your dad saw your dick. Yeah, I, I mean, we're not, we haven't spoken since, so. <laughs> yeah, I know, we spoke on the phone. Um, okay, which brings us to a perfect news story. Are you ready for the perfect news story for all? Oh, it's about dicks. Oh, it's about dicks. What else would make for the uh, perfect news story after a story like that? Okay, there's this dude, and he got in trouble for having sex with a 13-year-old. Okay. How old was he? He's an adult. An adult, okay. I want to say from the picture, I think I looked at like 30s or so. All right. So he's a sex offender and he's moving into a neighborhood. He's got a wife and kid himself. He's moving into a neighborhood. They're building a fresh new home and neighbors burned it down. Ooh. Put it up in flames. 
I mean, the guy hasn't even moved in. This is crazy. He hasn't even moved in, and he's already making the neighborhood nice and steamy, you know? Where <laughs> is this? I think it was in Long Island. Okay. What's your I take on that? I can see that happening. I don't, fe- I, like, I don't really feel bad for the guy. <sighs> I feel bad for the guy that his house was burnt down, but I don't feel bad for the guy overall on a whole. Right. But I thought, but like, who, yeah. who the fuck burns down a house you mean that's for any a li- reason? That's like, a little aggressive. Yeah, like if you want, I don't know, I don't know how to play that one. But well, I guess they really wanna... don't want the guy living in the area. They were trying to protest it. They actually put, put like put up signs, I think, to make him feel uncomfortable. Guys so moving yeah, in, maybe leave it at that. Make the guy feel a little uncomfortable with some signs, right? And not burn his fucking house down. Right. Well, you know what's funny? I took the outlook of, oh, I'm sure insurance covers it. It's no sweat off his back, and it's just now they don't have to deal with the rapist in their neighborhood. So it's like, in my head, it was almost like, that seems a little extreme, but it's no harm, no foul. Why, you think he, yeah, I guess he's not you mu- rebuilding you must have the house ins- there. No, I can't. I, I think that's got to be, it's you like get the message. like a one burn the house down. I assume you have insurance before you're putting up a house. Fool me one, shame on. <laughs> yeah. Mm, Would you yeah. assume that, that you have insurance before the house goes up? I've never built a house, but I, I would imagine that that is even constru- construction insurance probably exists in some form. Right. Yeah, you would assume, but because a lot could go wrong in those. What I was also thinking times. was interesting is you and I are kind of um, I want to <laughs> say we're we're talking libertarian talk here a little bit. You just because you're getting dragged along by my oh, thought I'm process. Totally. Like I'm on like a, li- a libertarian leash. <laughs> yeah. Um. But if you're a person who really believes, hey, uh, government. They're moral, they're right, they're taking care of us, they're doing everything the way they need to do it. So then your perspective should be, hey, this guy went to prison, he's reformed, he's do- he's paid his debt to society, I have no right to tell this guy not to live in my neighborhood. The justice d- system has spoken. But I think that what this points to is the fact that, firstly, even when it comes to allocating justice, it's something that, not that we should go burn down people's houses, but with the internet... Like, there's a shame factor, and we can kind of self-police, and then we also have that no one really considers, like, the Justice Department to be... Firstly, sometimes we see it as unjust for who they're throwing to jail for, like, drug offenses, and then on the people that they do prosecute, everyone's like, we're going to let this guy move to my neighborhood? That's not what we want. Like, if anything, I don't care about this guy going to jail, but just don't let him live in my area, or make me know that you're on top of this situation, that we don't have to be worried about... Yeah, but does government? I guess government does need to be involved in some form in that capacity. You mean the monitoring, in terms of the sex offending business, like where that right? Like if you're if you're if you if the government is taking using the justice system to lock this guy up or punish this guy, it's on them now. And they have to kind of see the whole right. process through of these people. I would say, horrible, I would say, no, no, this is interesting. I would almost say in the instances of, let's say, rape, murder, sex offender. So w- once these people are found to be guilty, I mean, if government is supposed to exist to protect us from these people, then I would think more than just putting them in jail. Yeah, they do have some responsibility of kind of monitoring it to make sure that we're safe from them. Like, because now we know that this guy is capable of not playing by the, the normal rules. rules. Yeah. And now I don't love the idea of people spending their entire life in a cage. And I also like the idea of people reform themselves. There's, there's and that Dave Smith line. What? There's yeah, being thrown, Well, I'm on the podcast yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's yeah, true. It's you rubbing start, off on you. Yeah, you start absorbing the shit. Absolutely. It's true. Um, 
No, it's interesting to, to think like, well, then what's their obligation to us? Is it enough? Because I almost think once you go to, I would think once you go to prison, and maybe I'm wrong, I would think you might be able to get somewhat accustomed to the lifestyle where it's actually not as scary to go back. Like, I bet some people think, like, hey, once you're there, it sucks, and, like, you go out and you reform yourself, so I never have to go back there. In my head, I almost venture to guess once you're there, you kind of realize, like, ah, like... I There's can... some sort of structure there yeah. built in. I mean, that's weird to me, because, like, I've, I've just lived in, like, dormitories that were kind of shitty, uh -huh. so I feel like I could get and into the look grind at this place. of... Yeah, I could get into the grind of prison life. I like to read, be left alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't Sign think... Sign you up for a guy. I literally leave this room a couple times a day to take a trip around the block if I'm not in the office. I, That's basically going out to the yard. Yeah, and, and then I wouldn't have to pay rent. I'm well suited for prison life. If anything, prison's more sociable. You get to gamble with your pals. You get your movie night. Uh -huh. <laughs> you get your, your cornbread on a tray. I was going to say, you get like you don't even have to think about meals. Right, I'm not, I, and I'm not sexually active. At least in prison, I might get raped a couple times, you know? A little bit of a sex get life. a little poon. A little bit of a sex life. Get, maybe they cuddle you afterwards. So you don't have to go to bed alone. Mm. This turned really rapey for no mm. reason. No, but I think you do, you, do, you do offer an interesting point of like, do we believe that once a guy goes to jail and then he's let out of jail, none of us He's think, all good to go. Yeah, no. no. And do Absolutely we believe not. that like, it, it, we believe like once a guy's brain is twisted, is jail enough of a deterrent or something that actually rehabilitates? And as I say, I guess we all agree not really. From the, Like this instance would be an example. If a sex offender moves into your block, no one's like, well, he went to jail. Uh, he learned his lesson. We're okay here. No, I don't think anyone feels that way. Yeah. I Even mean, more, the contrary, you know. Right. That people people freak themselves the fuck out. Well, now there's that. more where of a stigma to it. And where they have, like, those sex offender searches where you can know who's who's who and in what area. And I want to say that's a cool thing about the internet. Unless maybe okay. there's no escaping, like, your past and people do change, which kind of sucks, but... I feel like on those things, but like on that, like, I can't relate to it. I literally just can't. Like, it's not like a lot of the, I, like, see, I, I would be a person who would care a little, but also not burn houses down. <laughs> like, yeah, if if like my neighbors were, yeah, like, you talk. I want to get this beer if, open. Yeah, if my neighbors were knocking on my door, like, there's a sex offender down the block. We're we're gonna burn down his house. Like, bring your, you know. Your pitchforks and, and torches. I'm like, oh, no, sorry, guys. I'm not, not okay. down for that. Now, let me ask you this. If they're going to barbecue while they're there, are you going to join for the barbecue? No, I just have my own barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it's just like I would care right. to a point. Okay. We got right into some real filth here. So I want, I want to tone it back a little bit. I mean, we went right to sex offender territory. We talked about well, we prison rape. We were talking about rape. dicks earlier. We were talking about me and my dad looking at each other's dicks. We got weird. You saw his dick? No, I didn't look at his oh, dick. But well, I feel like maybe to make it even now, I should. <laughs> he owes you a dick. I feel that way. Um, okay, out in, um, there was this transit cop. I don't even know what a fucking transit cop is. That just sounds like it's a cop who works on the trains, <coughs> right? It's, no, what it sounds like to me. Are they a lesser cop? You know who it's, what it sounds like? Yeah. I, I could be wrong. I could be right on the money. But that type of cop, a transit cop, I view... As my prototypical transit cop is the cop that has the fucking whistle at the airport <laughs> at, at the arrival section. He's telling you you're moving too quick? No, who's telling you to move your car, move your car, get out of the way. You know, like, you can't park here, you can't park here, you can't park here. Move, move, move while you're waiting for someone to come out. Right. That, because he has a, th 
I guess he's part of the the cops. Yeah, the transit system. Right. But is, so this, would he be able to really take anyone down or this guy's got a, a uniform for someone? He's got a walkie-talkie. He's got a badge. He's, and he's on the train. So I would assume in this case it's in Minneapolis that these are the cops who are like the same as sometimes you see like the MTA guys in the booth that are cops. Okay. I would assume. I don't know. So anyways, I want to say some of these viral video actors are just fucking killing it. Actors? Yeah, I'm calling them actors. We okay. had that lady who was on oh, the plane. You're viewing her as like a character. I, I think okay. we need like an Oscars for these for viral video people. I love it. Who played their role the best. But like <laughs> n- not the ones who are actually like putting out content. No, like no, you no. wouldn't be eligible as a newsroom. No, it would just be the you people played, who get caught on video. Yes, but you played that part perfectly. Like if we need a chick there to freak the fuck out, she was the perfect person uh-huh. to freak the fuck out. So this is a guy who's watching supposedly a Mexican man get harassed by a traffic cop in okay? Minnesota. Yeah, but now it comes. It just starts with him. St- st- the, the, the cop starting to talk to the Mexican guy. So I don't know what happened beforehand. Maybe the Mexican was starting trouble, and now he's asking for an ID, and he doesn't have an ID. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the way they're presenting it is that there's just a Mexican guy, and this guy is just going to harass him for not being a legal citizen, and whether or not random cops have the authority to harass a random Mexican for not being a citizen. Which I that, that to me, is a huge—I I mean, they're in violation of the law, so I don't know if you just have a right to arrest someone for not being here legally if you're a cop. I don't know how that works. Huh. So I anyways— have... But let's not get bogged, bogged down, down with in these that details. Shit, yeah. I want everyone to hear the performance of this random onlooker. Are you ready for this, Yassel? So it's it's the person watching this occur. The guy's watching this occur and filming it. and he, Oh, he's behind the camera. And he boggles the shit out of this cop, and his usage of language is so good that, like, it just... I, roll the we'll tape. Play. Roll the tape. Let's roll the tape. authorized to act as immigration police? No, not necessarily. And I would stay out of that very touchy legal territory. That's very touchy legal territory. I would not, I would not uh, act on behalf of another agency if you're not legally empowered to do so. Now, he's not saying, hey, you can't do that. He's saying this is touchy legal territory acting on behalf of another branch of government if you're not empowered to do so. He's he's like making this guy overthink it to the point he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yes. And yeah. that is some unbelievable bureaucratic bullshit of like, listen, government needs to perform this function. But if it's someone else's job to perform that function and you're doing it for him, that is totally illegal. Do you understand that? Like, I mean, functionally, that shouldn't make any sense. It's like if, <laughs> it's like if government need like like let's say theoretically like meals on wheels, like government had a function where it has to provide a meal to an old lady. And then a cop is going to bring her the meal. <laughs> and then this guy's like, hey, you're not allowed to act on this on the behalf of that f- side of government. Are you an official Meals on Wheels associate? <laughs> it's like, it's very touchy legal territory for you to do. I mean, it's all government's job, but you can't do what somebody else's job in government is. Well, I think mission accomplished by the guy filming it because the he looks frazzled as fuck. Oh, my God. A cop. Well, his He's usage like, of oh language. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. His usage of language. It's better than anything i've watched in like a law and order i was listening to that i was like yeah does he have a right to do it he hooked me <laughs> he's not allowed 
crowd. <laughs> that guy should get his own legal show. That was an incredible <laughs> performance. All right, up he'll next. Be up, he'll be up for a new newcomer of well, the maybe year. Well, maybe we'll make a newsroom slash run your mouth um, collaboration. Yeah, it'll be a collab- <laughs> collaboration. <laughs> Iron video actor of the Awards. year award. Yeah, the, it'll be like an, what, and the what nominees are. It wouldn't be an well, Oscar. We'll work on it. It wouldn't be an Oscar. A Oscar. <laughs> I don't know. All right, we'll have to work on it, but I think uh, <coughs> I think we're on to something there. Next up, did you see this news story about Orlando Bloom and the waitress he fucked? Nope. It was I'm shocking. sure he's been fucking a lot. Yeah, that's why it was shocking to me that this was newsworthy. It made yeah, the that news guy, that he fucked that a waitress. That guy just fucks. And then, the next day, this chick gets fired for fucking him. Oh, man. Now, listen. Here's what happens. I think it was out in France. She's working at a hotel. They got a strict rule about not fraternizing with the with the customers who are there. Now I would think if you're the restaurant owner, your waitresses fucking celebrities have to be great for business. Like why keep her around. Yeah, like that's not like a Because maybe, you know, who knows? Leo DiCaprio comes and fucks her. Yeah, he brings that, in business. Yeah. That's good for business. Yeah. Like why is the fact that your hot chick giving out to your customers not good like ridiculous to me, but fine. Okay, so this is what happens. And we're back to dick. <laughs> They're having a romantic <laughs> evening, okay. right? Orlando Bloom, whatever her, his suaveness, whatever his move is, she ends up in the room with him. He fucks her so good. She sleeps Was in. Was it at the hotel? Was this it is, like at? Yeah, I guess this is at that hotel. Next okay. morning, whoever It's come, not at the restaurant, like not in no, like some back room while she's working. No, no, no. Apparently, this is he classier like than that. Or Orlando Bloom doesn't yeah. fuck like that. Okay. He's not a closet fucker. Well, who knows? He's you a, know, he's at this a, point, like he could just be bored with traditional nah, fucking. He's a, he's a sensual lover. Okay. <laughs> All right, we've decided. <laughs> he lights some candles. He, uh, oh yeah, I could tell. He's he, he's a sensual guy. He's right. not he's not banging people in closets. Orlando Bloom has more class than that. Johnny Depp, on the other hand, yeah, it's an he's... orgy in a closet. It's three chicks. He's drunk. He gets out of there. Whatever. Let's talk about Orlando Bloom. Yes. So he he leaves in the morning before she does. She she's got to rest up after Orlando Bloom's performance. Guy comes in to, who's cleaning the room. And, you know, he's had the hots for this chick his whole career. Doesn't say anything. The cleaner-upper? Yeah, the cleaner-upper. Because right away he goes, hey, don't you work here? So he knows who this chick is. And she goes, yeah, why? And then he rats her out. Is this what happened or you're just theorizing? No, no, this is what happens. He rats her out. She gets fired. (sighs) Now this lady, ready for this? Her goal in life is to be um, an actress. And now she's getting a ton of publicity. And what I love about this, if this chick ends up getting a job... It'll be the greatest thing for Hollywood actors and the worst thing for restaurants that were trying to prevent fraternization. What's the word I'm looking for? Fraternizing. Yeah. Because now, like, the story's going to get out. Like, yeah, did you hear about the chick she made the paper? And, like, every chick actress who's got a job is going to be trying to fuck every celebrity and get caught. Uh Uh-huh. Like they're, they're and gonna get fired and then get and a get job. And get the paper. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be, like, the new Kim Kardashian sex tape. All right, the you're going to be like, they'll open up their free, like, are you f- another one? Like, is there any waitress who doesn't want to blow actors? Can I hire a single? <laughs> It'll right. just be bad for the restaurant business. But sh- I don't know. I don't get that. I don't get why. Why? Well, were- I guess that guy, that guy probably was just a dick enough to to make it. I don't know. Like to ride around. Only, yeah. Where it was like, oh, that was the only thing that the boss could do. Like, all right. I'm oh, have to you mean you. once you once you. Yeah, like make it a big fucking deal. All right, I got one more ridiculous news story, and then we're gonna grind the news, Yosef. Oh fuck, we're gonna. I hate that part. We're gonna hop into it. Um, okay, this is another story from the New York Post, but 
celebrities have been um, pitching this like flat in your belly tea. A lot of hot celebrities like Courtney uh, Kardashian. Who do you think's the hottest Kardashian? None. You think they're I don't all even ugly? Know how to differentiate? Between. I only know from looking at this article this morning because I confused Courtney with Chloe. Oh, the how about the Jenner one? Kylie Jenner. Kate Caitlyn? No, that's him. Yeah, that's, that's him. Yeah. Her. Whatever the fuck she wants to be called. God bless her and her and her pain. I don't know. What whatever. And we're um, back to dicks. Yeah, we're back <laughs> to dicks. That's good. We're just gonna keep going coming back through all episode. Um okay. So they're all promoting this flatten your belly tea. Dr. Gips comes out and goes, Listen, you gotta be careful with that. It's got senna leaf in it, and it's got a laxative effect which can cause diarrhea or vomiting. I clipped the gun. What she was trying to warn people about is that it can ruin your birth control. You got to be careful if you're what on this shit. What doesn't this thing do? You might end up getting pregnant because but this is the ridiculous line. She goes, if the woman continues to be sick, extra contraception should be used. And I'm like, who would continue drinking a tea if it's making you vomit? Like, what kind of a doctor hears <laughs> that you're making vomit and diarrhea from drinking a tea and tells you, listen, you can continue drinking that to get skinny. Just make sure that you are using a condom because... Your birth control is not going to work. <laughs> That's some fucked up That medicine. is some fucked up doctoring and medicine. I got a new conclusion. I think looking good, it's not a real thing. Uh, Are you ready for this? All right, go ahead. I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of, uh, I don't listen to the podcast, but I'll listen to like highlight clips of Rogan on YouTube. Okay. Joe Rogan, pretty fit guy, right? So I was listening to him talk to Guy Rich the other day, and he was talking about all of his injuries. And he's had, he's had surgery here, surgery there, physical therapy. He gets t- testosterone replacement. And I'm realizing the only people who are really working out are people who can afford who can afford to. Like, looking good to me, that's just like the new version of being rich. That's like our modern-day dressing nicely, wearing suits. Uh-huh. Those are the people that are fit. It's, it's about having enough money for personal trainers, for surgery when you get injured, um, for physical therapy when you get injured, for fucking testosterone replacement when you get older like you look at these hollywood celebrities and it's like a watch that you can't afford it's not a real thing keeping like you or it's we're gonna come back to dicks here or it's like just some people have great genetics so they just look good but that's like seeing the dude at the urinal with the bigger dick and wanting his bigger dick that's Uh it it's not a real thing it's like people who are super rich look good because they can afford to look good like these fucking actresses they don't have jobs they can spend all day getting massages and their face done, their teeth whitened. It's wealth. Okay. Do you agree with me? That, that's the way I'm seeing it. It's not a real. It's just fucking wealth. There are a lot. There are a lot of rich people that look like shit too. That's because they're so rich they don't give a shit. Oh, well, God. No, I think it's about if you. It's about having enough money to afford to look good and then actually caring. It's those two things. I think <laughs> if you just care, but you're not. You like you don't have funds. You can drive yourself nuts. I think for the most uh-huh. part, you see people who look good and they're just they're rich enough that they can. Look good. Afford the upkeep, yeah. Okay. Especially true in older women. Like past 40. Unless no, it's like a rare... Yeah. Okay. And now, we can move on to some real news. Oh, fuck. Did you carry... Uh, did you follow any of uh, Trump being over in the Holy Land? Yeah. So, do you see footage of him at the Kotel? Yeah. So He's tr- a wall guy. He's a wall guy. So, Trump... He's the first sitting president it's who, a Western ever, wall, by who the way. ever visited the Western Wall. It marks the first time a U.S. president ever went to the Western Wall, and it's also the first time that they're going to clean the thing with holy water. 
They're just going <laughs> to mark off a section that after thousands of years, the area that he touched is no longer holy ground. <laughs> just need to put like some red, like uh, that painter's tape around right, it. Right, no longer holy. <laughs> the, the Palestinians called up the Israels and they're like, you can keep that area now. Yeah, we still want the rest of it, but we no longer want like that. the green zone. What's that place called? What? I'm telling you to eat the mic. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. I, lo- I love when people tell me to eat stuff. It rarely <laughs> happens. Um, but, yeah, it, isn't there, like, um, kind of neutral territory in, in also in Israel? It's no, called, like, the, the green. I think they hate each other everywhere. No, I know. But, like, there's, there's certain parts where they could agree that, like, oh, let's not pull any shit here. Um, Whatever. I could be making it up. No, there I don't is. Think so. No, th- I think there's the green line. Is that a No, the green line, I think, area? was. No. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. So anyways, I saw footage, and he put a note into the wall, and I want them to find that fucking note. Oh, they already took it out. Oh, really? Yeah. Did they say say what was in it? No, no, no. Like, his team took it out. Oh, right afterwards? Because there was, like, there was some controversy with... I thought for sure the note was going to say, please don't let them find the Putin emails. (laughs) (laughs) The the tapes. That was going to be... The piss videos. Yeah. That was going to be... Listen, God, I'm, I'm taking your job next. <laughs> I'll make a much better God. If I'm God, everyone has health care, and no one will be a Mexican. It'll be make a much God better word. again. Yeah. God, God's been really shitty for a while, everybody. He was great. He was great a long time ago, but... Uh... I mean, when he gave us the books, that was pretty great. The two Moses books, I love the... Jesus... It's really Jesus, dropped off lately. Jesus was pretty cool. Last 10 years, though... <laughs> No, they they took the worst that. Trump impression ever, yeah. by the way. But anyways, yeah, I didn't even make it an attempt. Neither but did they, I. Like his team, like took it out and put it in some bag and just either burned it or right. But the, what was hilarious? Firstly, you got to watch the footage of him approaching the wall. So I did. First, there's I was this, watching that shit live, baby. Were you really? Yeah, I didn't watch it live. But first, there's the Jew guy who's kind of explaining him to the wall. Oh, like he has like the the two rabbis kind of like. Right. Going over the shit. So the first rabbi standing there couldn't be more Jewish. He's like, yeah, if you, if you want to approach the wall, you can approach the wall. Like, just being so non-committed. Yeah, some people put a thing in the- And you can't even see the guy talk, but you just see him making those arm motions. Be like, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever you need. <laughs> Bagels and locks. Like, he's just being so non-committal. Then Trump walks over to the wall. He puts the note in. He puts the hand on his hand on the wall. And then he has the most phony moment ever where he's trying to, like, figure out how do you look like this means something to you. Yes. It is, like... it's That's in, him. In in human history, that's got to be one of the biggest bullshit moments ever. <laughs> of all the bullshit moments, where he's like, just pretend like you care. Pretend. It's like, oh, I just need to hold this post for, like, ten more seconds. Right. I just he's need like, to show that I care, but not, like, overcommit to it. Exactly. He's oh, like, yeah, it's so how, cringy. How long am I supposed to keep my hand here for? How long, do, how long do the Jews hold the wall? How long is the thing for? I, I mean... By yes. the way, that yeah. that Keepa choice, excellent choice. Oh, I've, I've, did you did you notice that? No, he was wearing was just the standard like. Oh, he didn't go for like one of the cardboard. No, one of the like, he didn't go for like the big goofy, either velvet or um, or like satin ones. He just went simple. It's what is it suede? I think he went like standard um, black suede. Right, he went like standard New York Jew yarmulke. Yeah. He didn't go. I loved it. Kippa surga. Yeah, he didn't no. go with the velvet. He didn't. He didn't make himself. It was just look like standard. I, right. I just liked it. Like it wasn't showy. It was, he and went, like he actually wore it kind of nicely. Right. He went, I think Jared like he went modern orthodox for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. He didn't go conservative uh-huh. with, the, with the black linen. He looked like a pro it, uh, for sure. That must That's have, probably the biggest pro move I've seen. That must have been Jared. 
Oh, for sure. For sure. Jared came through for him there. Well, yeah, I was a little shocked that they were able to clear the entire floor for him, that that's like a thing that they'll do. I for guess a it's half the hour you could do and that. I guess it's the president of the U.S. Yeah. Do you think on the other side there were people who were like fucking fear, like out oh, of I'm the sure footage? Th- well, I'm sure that like people protesting. Behind the, not protesting, but like, no, the Israelis love him. I was about to say, I think the Jews are smart yeah, enough not to protest him because. Yeah, that would be a bad move. But I'm sure that, you know, in the, that back area. They're there like, they're probably we a bunch of people there. Too. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on the same page, Trump. <laughs> he made he made that picture of him at the wall. Bro. We the hate f- terrorists. We hate gays. <laughs> we love a Trump. <laughs> that's why that, I'm telling you. That's why they right. The conservative, uh, the conservative Israelis are on the same page. OK, for sure. So he goes over to Saudi Arabia. He's giving these speeches and people are like all concerned about the speeches he's going to give. So first quote, one of the speeches, he's talking about social media, and he goes, social media, it's an incredibly powerful tool, it which, empowers, the <laughs> which empowers the people. What was that? It's a very powerful tool that won me the presidency. Yeah. Well, I also just love that he went to the other side of the world to be like, guys, Twitter's so great. <laughs> if you're not using Twitter, you're fucking crazy. I mean, listen, there's technology me and you could share, but Twitter, that's the thing you got to be using. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I read um, critics of his speech, so... He Trump kind of criticized Iran a little bit, and then people were upset. This was the big criticism. Mr. Trump did not mention Saudi Arabia atrocities in Yemen or the US, U.S.'s potential ties with Russia, who also carried out deadly airstrikes in Syria. But to be fair, I'm not even sure if Trump's aware of those things. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hard to get upset about yeah, that guy. Like, we don't know what he does and doesn't know. So I thought that this was wild. I read an article that came out of NPR. Um, the headline was Saudis in the UAE will donate $100 million to a fund inspired by Ivanka Trump. Now, I don't know. That's not like a direct bribe in any way. $100 million or $100 billion? $100 million. Okay. Um, and it's like a, it's a, it's through like the World Bank, I believe. Um, but what's so interesting about that is that I don't know if you remember this, but during the campaign there was all the hoopla about Hillary Clinton and her charity. Mm-hmm. And one of the big claims was that once she became Secretary of State, Bill Clinton's speaking rates went up phenom- like exponentially. Exponentially, and that suddenly a ton more money started getting started pouring through her charity. And now since she's out of office, I think donations have kind of fallen off a cliff. And on the same page, she even shut down like uh, her global initiative. Now, in this case with the Saudis, I don't think that there's any direct bribe with Trump. I don't think you can make that claim. But certainly they're going like, hey, we're here to play ball. Like, you're giving us this arms deal. We can't give you money in any way, so we're going to throw it to this random charity. But that's literally – they don't give a shit about women. I think this is like a women's-related fund. Uh So this is very clearly them saying, we're here to play ball. Like, you want to tell us a bank account to send you money? We're we're on board to get – and I I, I bet the Clintons were a little more like, we'll take that cash. Trump, everyone's so all over him. You know, he doesn't have any, like, charity set up or, like – like he had to like, yeah. like kind of like set it up on the fly to accept. Right. He yeah, wasn't yeah. prepared for that. But I think that clearly kind of demonstrates. But we all know that there's money it's in politics and bribes. Yeah. yeah, we all understand that. Um, OK, so this was last week, but it's unbelievable to me that the Russian nonsense hasn't faded. So one of the big things that we're going nuts about the other week was that he shared um, top secret information with the right. Russians. The top secret information was essentially from what I understand, the fact that um, they figured out a way to make computers blow up on flights, they were basically almost sharing with the Russians, hey. Watch your shit. Watch your shit. Okay. Now, this is from the New York York Times. This was a paragraph. 
And they were one of the guys who were championing. Holy shit, he gave away top secret information. So it was not clear whether the president or other Americans in the meeting were aware of the sensitivity of what was shared. Only afterward were notes on the discussion were circulated among National Security Council officials was the information flagged as too sensitive to be shared. Even among many American officials, the official said. Sounds to me like it's not his fault. It doesn't sound like he was directly sharing top secret information. It just sounds like... The he government that something. you love and want to protect and say, hey, we can't have a guy like Trump involved here, didn't inform the guy in charge, hey, when you're in that meeting, don't tell him this. Uh-huh. Where it's, it was just, he was just shooting the shit with these guys and wasn't told, well, who the fuck knows what he's briefed and not briefed on. And I don't even if think he's he even knows. listening. Yeah, I don't even think he knows. Um Okay, so this came from, it, like, an Australian newspaper, I believe. I, I should have written down where it was from. But this paragraph was, Some of the president's senior advisors have recently begun a study of the Democratic administration of former President Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton examining how it managed to push through major bipartisan budgets and reform bills despite being the subject of independent counsel's probe for five of its eight years. That was a lot of words and a lot of Okay, so I'll just read, no, I'll read the core of it. I'll read the core of it. So they're trying to figure out, essentially, th- this is what's funny. They're trying to figure out how they can be productive when everyone's yelling about the Russian thing. And they're basically saying, well, we're lucky that we're not the first batch of scumbags in Washington. So we're going to analyze what other scumbags have done. We're not the first people who are under investigation. Kinda so capitalize we on. already got a model. We're, we're going to study how they managed to get work done while they were under investigation. We're not the first scumbags here. Don't worry. The fact that we're under investigation doesn't mean that we can't be productive. <laughs> Okay. Love it. Now, here's another super long paragraph. Oh, God. We're reading some news today, buddy. We're grinding it. (laughs) Okay. Now, on the whole Russia thing, it makes no sense to me. I don't understand what people are so upset about. I don't get it. Do you want to maybe defend it? Do you have any? I have no reason to defend it or or be mad at it. I want to know. Well, I want to know. I want to know the why. Why is Russia teamed up with Trump, and is that a relationship that's not in America's best interest? Because if all that Russia did was give over true information from Hillary Clinton that exposed the fact that she was corrupt and she is corrupt, then that's all truth. And what are we upset about? It's someone who exposed truth to us. It's not like they took – it's not like it turned out to be lies. It's not like they created pure propaganda of something that was false. Like Hillary Clinton was the most moral person on the planet. She could have saved our country. They came around and they worked together with Trump, created us some lie that she was spreading cancer to babies, and then she didn't get elected. That's not what happened. She fucked up. She either was completely corrupt, right – or, at worst, she was completely incompetent, and they exposed the fact that she didn't follow procedure and that she leaked these documents in a way that even the Russians were able to get a hold of it. All right? That's all true. That's all uh-huh. things that she did. And it's not like they're attacking us or right, holding so shit I over our heads. Or the most important piece of information here is the why. Why, is the, why are the Russians teamed up with Trump, and how is that detrimental to the U.S.? As opposed to what they're claiming is, like, our... Um, nation's voting process is so uh, has such sanctity that a foreign government coming in and meddling Tempering, in any yeah. way is uh, it, it, it's as if our we were molested basically it's like they violated this holy ritual that we have and the fact that everyone isn't outraged about that so i, I, I so straight up this npr article was about like if you're only a casual follower of politics 
understand that this is a huge issue and here's why this is a huge issue. And if you have a casual, if you have friends who don't understand why this is a huge issue, these are the two paragraphs that they need to read to understand why this is a huge issue. I feel like you're bored of me reading stuff. Can we read one of the paragraphs? Go ahead. Okay. And the fact, or I'm just going to, it's two paragraphs. For the last 241 years, the nation and the citizens have cherished the freedom and liberty upon which this country was founded upon. Many brave Americans have lost their lives to protect that freedom and liberty and lost their lives to protect the freedom and liberties of other people around the world. Our ability to choose our elected leaders as we see fit is, I believe, an inalienable right that we must protect with all resources and authority and power. So in other words, it's first like our democracy is the most pure and amazing thing in the world and we got to defend that. Okay, fine. Let's assume that that's true. And the fact that the Russians tried to influence resources and authority and power and the fact that Russians tried to influence the election so that um, the will of the American people was not going to be realized by that election, I found outrageous and something that we need to, with every last ounce of devotion in this country, resist and try to act to prevent further instances of that. So let's pause here for a second. It was still a democratic election where the nation elected Trump. You know what I mean? So it's not like we didn't have a a takeover. Yeah, it wasn't a hostile takeover. It wasn't false information that they provided to us. It was a Hillary Clinton fuck up. Also, like to me, it's like the fact that like Russia exists. These are natural forces in the world. You can almost assume that in every political race, people are going to try and influence their side. On this case, they managed to get the edge because Hillary fucked up. Uh-huh. And that's the way elections fucking work. And it was still a democratic all, process yeah, here as much as ever. It's just when things play out and when, at, you know, like where, like assume, where it's affected, you know. Assume other people are going to hack us in every election. And that if you're not being careful with your data or you're doing things that are so flagrant that the American people are going to go, hey, I'm out of this election. That's part of the game. And it comes back also like to the people like bitching and moaning like the electoral voices of the popular. It's like. Like he would have played a different game if he if like right. it was it was he would have done made, by popular like right, okay like I'm gonna drum up like a fuckload of people in other certain areas if I don't have to really focus on ten states okay whatever uh, it is um, I feel like that's such a six month old topic <laughs> uh, no but it's still fucking relevant no, but, with no, the Russian thing which is insane I'm to saying me. that it's on par with that kind of stuff where <laughs> as you're saying like it's not like there was crazy <laughs> it's just exposing corruption as opposed to a corruption altering things agreed 100 percent. all right i feel like i've read enough of that guy's wacky yes. article um okay so i, I got four articles <coughs> that i want to read that kind Jesus. of no i'm not reading the full articles all right are you upset by my organization this evening no it's just, it like it's all right like- we're gonna get to these four I feel like we got good flow, buddy. Uh, no, I, we do. Am I throwing too much information at you at once? Always, always. <laughs> um, okay. Well, what did we just address? The Russian thing. We're yeah. done with the Russian thing. Sounds good. Yeah, I feel like we both had enough of it. Oh, for sure. You know what? You're getting upset at me for chopping things for short. I think I'm going to get a fucking gavel to officially mark the end of a topic. No. Please, no. <laughs> I, I feel like I'd have fun with the gavel. <laughs> All right. Um... I feel like you can't beat the market. There are market forces involved, right? And I feel like government keeps kind of stepping in and pretending like reality is not reality and that they can... I, I, let's take a look at some of these examples. You'll see what I'm talking about. So the first is um, Cuomo. Uh, what's his first? I think Anthony Cuomo. He's the governor of New York. Anthony Cuomo. Cuomo? Yeah. 
<laughs> I love it. It keeps getting better. Like it, it's, it's not like it's not like I can yeah. tell tell you anything relatable about this guy, but it's like you're all your you're just you reading stuff name, like yeah. You at least know his Co- name. Kumo. Como? Cuomo. Cuomo? Yeah. And, and also like hasn't he had like ten like oh, he's, he's been like the tenth for a while. and he, isn't he like the tenth in his family that's been a politician oh, in New York? I didn't know that. That I don't could know. be isn't it like the uh, so he's offering they they've given up they're like listen we can't figure out the um the subways the what the subways all right yeah subway sandwiches no (laughs) we can't figure out the subway they're a train wreck they come late we don't know how to do the repairs we give up we'll give you guys we're gonna put out three million dollars okay to who three different categories for people who can come up with innovative ideas okay for how to solve the issues with the subway <laughs> okay, so one of the things he wants to fix is the lack of cellular and Wi-Fi connections on trains and in tunnels, which to me is not like it's so annoying if people have internet or can make phone calls on a fucking subway. Don't fix that. Mm. I say if there's internet, that solves a lot of problems. Not solves a lot of problems, but like that can make the to subway me, more enjoyable. To me, it's just annoying. Just make it run better pr- that you don't that that you're not there for such a large amount of time that you need to have internet for the duration of time that you're on a subway. The know, idea of sitting next to people there. in the morning while they're making phone calls. On the, it'll be like Metro North, man. All just people sitting around on their phones. Fucking annoying. Okay, but isn't you're saying that like the subway shouldn't go that route yes. of advancing? Yeah, I don't think the subway needs to have Wi-Fi or cellular service. Well, aren't there a lot of subways that are kind of above tracks also? Yeah, but and th- and you have to deal with people on their phone, which I find annoying. Oh, okay. But I don't take the subway enough to, dura- like, know. For the duration of time that it's underground, I think cellular service is unnecessary. Okay. Okay, but now the other thing that's funny to me is he goes— So what are the three categories? Um, well, I actually only wrote down—I <laughs> think it was how to repair stuff. How to stuff. pronounce his name. <laughs> How to repair stuff and how to make it more efficient. Okay. But what's funny about that to me is he's basically going, hey, government, listen, we're keeping a monopoly here, but we don't know how to fix this issue. And it's like, well, here's the idea. Why not give up your monopoly? No. I like this idea. I like this because they're offering, you know, real available funds. Like, it's not like they're okay, so I'll they're give just you- saying this is dead No, so I'll give and you- fuck you and deal with it. I'll give you the, inf- I'll give you the innovation. I've taken gypsy cabs. From Port Authority to Jersey, they're $2. They come every three minutes. They're comfortable. They're convenient. They're cheap. You never have an issue. Those could be everywhere in Manhattan. The fact that the subway does not— More cars? Yes. That sounds horrible. I'm telling you, gypsy vans, they have their own magical routes. That is not a million-dollar idea. No, here's the other thing. You got to realize if gypsy vans were so convenient that people didn't really even want to, like, take taxis or Ubers— or their own cars into the city, you underestimate the power the power of fucking gypsy. By the way, gypsy vans are even are probably significant. You know what? Within Manhattan, I bet they wouldn't be that effective. I bet out like taking one from a store on the outskirts. That's where their niche would be a game changer. In the Bronx, like where they the just Bronx, drop off, drop you off at the edge, like at like Prospect oh. Avenue in the Bronx. That kind of shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that would be. But a that doesn't model. solve the su- the subway I mean, problem within within the city. That's true. Now, here's what's crazy to me about the city. <laughs> Let's move on to the. No, no. Yeah, actually, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. So, uh, moving no, on. No, I think even within the city, 
more cars would be a disaster. No, but I'm not saying more cars. You could almost make them private. You could have bus, fucking buses that are not city-run, and I bet they'd find some pretty effective ways to go about it. I don't know. On that note, though, it's crazy to me. Think about how quantified how many people need to take the subway in the morning is. I mean, everyone swipes. They know exactly how many people are showing up at a subway stop at 9 a.m. to get to Times mm-hmm. Square. The fact that they can't provide enough trains on time that they're not completely stuffed to a brim. Yeah, they need some heavy analytics. No, they have the analytics. They just no, have they have the data. They don't, they don't have the people. They must know. They just, for whatever the reason, numbers. they can't get enough subways going that they can't have them fucking crushed. Or they know that we don't have much of a choice, so the fact that they're completely crowded and crushed is not is not an issue to them. You want a million-dollar idea? Renegotiate sure. your fucking union contracts so you can afford to make the investments necessary to improve you know, having the right equipment to operate in an efficient way. Also, here's the other thing. Why the, the unions are, like, just using just substandard shit? No, but I just bet if you look – I bet if you look at – Or they're doing it at the bottom level? No, no, no. I bet if you just – No, I just bet if you looked at fair prices and how much of it is going to people's salary, if they weren't union jobs, it would probably just be cheaper – you know, to employ right. all those people. I bet there like, I, I bet it's like all that union shit. I bet you have more people who are standing in a track late at night, some of them just standing around with a fucking helmet on and flashlight, who are getting paid, you know, and then, 150 grand a year or whatever. I, I don't know enough about the MTA yeah. and how it works, but I'm sure they have overpaid employees. Yeah, definitely inflated. Yeah. Kinda. There's no question about that. Okay. Um, but that's not going to solve... Well, even if you took my idea of gypsy cabs outside of Manhattan, that might relieve enough stress to the system that they're able to create the repairs that they need or invest more in the subway tracks within Manhattan because now they don't have to offer as much services to, like, the farthest point in Queens. Oh, I see. And so now they just have more resources kind of to concentrate. Yeah, they, they have it's more. Like, let's get you to this point, then have the the... Right, and then drop within points be like really efficient <laughs> drop off points that okay. gypsy cabs take over all that service. Okay, they there's get an you those, idea. Yeah, all right. I'll I'll send Cuomo a letter. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, his father was like Mar- Mario uh, Cuomo. What was he? They've been governor or some shit like of the, New York. They've been yeah. just handing been, that down. Yeah. Have they gotten nailed for any corruption bullshit? Oh, I'm sure. Well, they might not have been nailed or. All right. Next, next story. This one comes from the Wall Street Journal. Um, state might be tapped out of taxing the rich. So Malloy, Democratic senator, raised taxes twice in Connecticut. Now, he's short on budget by about, I think, $200 million this year, and it's going to be a m- much larger issue moving forward. And he finally realized, I can't tax the rich anymore in order to fulfill this budget gap. So here's the first paragraph. Governor Dan Malloy, and then it's like three more pages afterwards, but here's just the first paragraph of it. Thank you. Governor Daniel Malloy has twice before bet that taxing the wealthy would help solve the state's fiscal problems, but neither increase resulted in sustained revenue growth, according to his administration, which says it would be a mistake to do it a third time. So first and foremost, because sometimes you limit growth when you increase taxes, I guess they didn't even make enough money in doing so. Mm-hmm. Next is opponents of the past tax hikes have said – Yet another that basically if they rose taxes again, people are going to start moving out of the state, which plays into my idea of that states do compete for us to live there. And so if you didn't have like the federal government and you had more looseness about how states could create their policies, you'd have more competition for us actually living there. 
I'm going to highlight articles like that every time where states have because at the core of it, that's what we want to force government to do is yeah, to work an hour to interest. kind of tinker to get that that like perfect kind of medium of yes taxes enough to bring in more people. To the point where they're optimizing the money like, that's imagine, coming in. Imagine if you didn't have a choice, you couldn't move out of Connecticut, <laughs> then they could raise taxes as much as they want. But the fact that they know that at some point their returns on raising on. taxes goes down, they're forced to kind of figure out, well, how not do we – instead of them thinking, how do we take the most amount of money from these people, they have to start thinking, well – how do we work for these people that they'll actually live here? Uh-huh. And that's government at its best when we create incentives where it has to work for us, right? Right. It's the perfect rub. So what's going to end up happening? So the state projects a $5.1 billion budget deficit over the next two fiscal years, fueled by increase in fixed costs over that period, including pension obligations, health care expenses, and debt servicing. Now, this, I think, is going to be one of the most interesting things we're going to hear about over the next five years is all the states that have kind of um, pushed off expenses such as pension liabilities and all that shit coming through. And then all of a sudden we see the states that actually manage their finances well and that they don't have quite the problems that other states do and they become more attractive for people to live in. Uh And then here's the other thing. What does he end up doing? He can't raise taxes, right? And he's got this budget deficit. So now he's got to go to the union. He's looking for $700 million in concessions. And if they don't make good on those concessions, he's going to have to start cutting jobs. Here's what's fascinating about that is that how do unions, they have this thing where they kind of have benefit now pay later schemes. It's a racket. They say, listen, come work for us. We're going to provide this fantastic pension. We're going to provide you health care when you retire. Right. And that's all benefit later stuff. And then politicians, they get money from those union leaders. Union leaders get money from the people who currently have a pension job. The people who have pension jobs like lock other people out of those jobs so you end up with less people employed the people who are employed they get paid better than they would if they weren't in the union but a portion of their salary gets siphoned off to union leaders and also to politicians and then at some point people thought that they had health care and pensions and they end up getting fucked because none of that's actually funded and this is all government under the pretense of oh we need to get the back of labor we have to help these people with labor. No, it's a big fucking racket where they're lying to you. They're pretending like they can help you out. They're bringing in all the money at that at the top level or right, and when right this, now and then. And when this goes to shit, you know like how there's claw- clawbacks for people on Wall Street? You think they're going to go find those union bosses or the politicians from 20 years Say, ago? Oh, get some money from them. Hey, you know <laughs> that, that, money's you know, done. You know that election you won 15 years ago because you're able to give benefits to the union? Well, now those pension liabilities are underfunded, so you need to not be mayor for those years. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so on that same note of kind of um, unions. We're going to need that money back. New York wants – this was another article in the journal. New York City wants to supersize the fight for $15. So that's a big thing is that um, – like, they want to have fit. Now, I've already seen a McDonald's. They have, um, like, electronic ordering uh-huh. as opposed to going up. So, you have to realize if you punch up the wages high enough, you're going to get replaced by robots. Yeah. So, not only is there just this general false conception of, hey, it helps out people who don't have jobs. No, it kills jobs. It kills jobs, right? But now, listen to this. The Center for Union estimates that the service employees for international union has spent more than $90 million on the fight for $15. There's a fucking lobby organization that's working for the fight for 15. Losing fucking hemorrhaging money. You know why? Because they want to try and get the restaurant workers to unionize so that they will pay dues and they make money. And you know who else makes money in that racket? The politicians. Because Democratic politicians 
get major campaign contributions from unions. But now what's crazy is this is how this fucks workers. You're a worker, right? Suddenly there are less jobs available. And of that $15, you probably only get 12 because like three goes to the fucking union or whatever. So now you have less people working. In other words, it's just a fucking racket for the unions. No one's benefiting other than it, it drives me nuts. And then they make this claim of like, oh, we're helping the little man. We're getting them the salary that no, they need in order to afford a lifestyle. It's it's. The, the 10 people that were making $10 are, an hour are being replaced with six people making $15 an hour. Exactly. And they're, and they're still leftover money for, you know, they're, and then $10 is out of that hundred is, is left over to make the machines work. Okay. So this is the last article that I want to highlight. Um, it was a Wall Street Journal article labeled um, – the true trait. By the way, some of these are opinion pieces. I guess I should point that out because those like opinion. <laughs> uh, this is in fact. This is just uh, an op-ed. But what would you? What would your general take know. on an op-ed? I feel like they present. As long as it's. I feel like they have to present. If it's in the Wall Street Journal, they have to present like actual facts and statistics. Yeah. It's just they have to let you know. Hey, we're we're stating this as opinion. It's not just pure news. Who knows? I feel like they're probably. That's better. the running mouth podcast. What am yeah, I really gonna? And also like. The, that op-ed's probably on better footing than other places calling themselves actual news. Right. So this was fascinating to me. Apparently, our trade deficit is overstated. And the reason for that is, like, let's say you take an iPhone. An iPhone's profit is, um, like, um, $500. But a lot of that profit is actually intellectual capital that being designed in the U.S., However, because they want lower corporate profits, they claim those profits on, like, some offshore island. And so it seems like there's a trade deficit because none of those profits are actually captured in the U.S. But it's not really a trade deficit. But it is money that they can't really use. Well, yet. so that's, and that's that's what they're trying to bring back. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was about to get to. To me, the fact that we tax corporate profits is crazy because if a corporation makes money, that's great. That means that they can then invest in the next product. They can create jobs. If you tax them, what you do is you create – you remove Less incentive. Less incentive to take on risk because the risk is entirely on you. Let's say I invest a million dollars into a new project. If that project fails, I lose a million bucks. If that project succeeds, if it makes two million, and I make you're only million, making one and a half million. Exactly, because the government. So you almost want to minimize the risk. The, uh, no, you want to maximize whole, the gain. There's a whole game of that, right? That so the I would big think, companies are doing because of that, right? So I would think if I was government, I would I would only tax money once it comes out of a corporation. In other words, if it's paid out to a CEO, then you tax it. But if it's going to stay in a company and they're going to invest it somewhere, yeah, that, that's great for everybody. Yeah. But this is where I'm getting back to where you can't beat the market, where they're claiming like, oh, the unions. And the, at the end of the day, if these corporate – like there's a scream of, oh, we can't let these corporations have their money. It's like, no, then they're just going to keep it somewhere else. Rich people, if you tax them too much, they're going to go to another fucking state. Like you can scream or all you want. Or harbor it somewhere else. Yeah. You can scream all you want and pretend like, oh, if we don't take the money from the rich people – they're going to keep their fucking money. The corporations are going to uh-huh. figure out a way to keep their money. There's a f- like there's you, systems in places to allow them to not necessarily hide it, but maneuver that those funds in a way that's legal and beneficial to them and also doesn't <laughs> get it to the I guess what I'm saying is government. We can work with market forces <laughs> when the government's making these claims that they're better than the market, such as unions, higher wages, what they're doing is in some way they're just lying to us. This dream of 
the government will take care of you. You know what? We're going to end on this note. I think that there's a mistake in human, like, human logic that we all want to be loved. And so we love this idea that like people are looking out for our best interest. And the reality is they're not. When the government's talking, you're like, hey, I'm here for you. I got your back. You follow the incentives. If they have an incentive to take care of you, they will. If they don't, they're not. So, and, and, and like, don't have this false belief that no one gives a shit about you. Wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, maybe you got a couple people in your life that actually like you. If you work at a job, your corporation doesn't give a shit about you, unless they have an incentive because you're so good at your job that they want to keep... No one really gives a shit about you, so they don't think that you do. Yeah. If anyone ever pretends like they care about you, they're selling you something, and that's it. Government is selling you on the fact that they want to help you out so that they can steal your fucking resources. Yeah. Yeah, any any uh, closing statements? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm not gonna be with you for the next couple of weeks. Why? So where are you headed? Going to uh, South Carolina. Um, what am I gonna do for shows, buddy? Well, we talked about this. We did. I think I thought. I think you mentioned it, but I didn't uh, really. I didn't process that. I'd you be don't without, care about me. I'd be without my that, hustle. That's, that's back to the. What am I gonna do point. for this like episode? You, Maybe you, I'll, I'll book some guests. You want to call in? Sure. You can be on the road. We could Skype it out of the the gas gas digital studio. We'll figure it out. Okay. Or maybe um maybe I'll do it with Hector if he'll answer my fucking calls. Hey um seriously if you're out there, Rob's I, I'm not good with like Twitter, Facebook, any social media. I hate Rob all that, the fire. I hate all that bullshit. Email me robsnewsroom <laughs> at gmail dot com. I will respond to every email, questions, whatever the fuck you got. Just email me. Where can you find us? In my apartment. I don't leave this building unless no, I got No, where can spots. you find this show? We need a like What? How are we going to promote it? Well, I guess if people are listening to it, they already know. Yeah, I was wondering what you were getting at. There. I don't know. We're up I on like We're up on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. I'll be on uh Dave's podcast a lot so you can see my fat face. What's the name and, uh, of that? Um part of the problem. There we go. Got to promote this shit, Robbie. I got to promote part of the problem. Yeah, why not? If there's not? any listeners here, it's because they came from there, no. so they already oh, know okay. about part of the problem. Uh, that's what I'm just saying. Like, you need a... Uh, whatever. Okay. And uh, there's a new newsroom coming out. Hopefully, I got to track down my partner and get him to film a piece so I can put it out. <laughs> He's avoiding you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a mess right now, but um, there's a new newsroom. What's the topic? It, it, it's a pure nonsense newsroom, actually. Oh. Because you know what? I'm doing all the news on here. I don't need to do news over there anymore. So I think newsroom is just... It's not news. Yeah, it's slowly just becoming nonsense. Fucking around. Fucking yeah. around room. Because I, mo- I, I moved all the news jokes to here. I got no reason to do them over there. Okay. What do you think? I don't, I don't know what to think. You're a creative director <laughs> for our programming. Right. All right, we're drifting into nonsense. Um, email Tell me. Tell me more about the dinner. I don't think there's much more to okay. report. Um, I love that you left it before your dad's uh, speech. I'm such an asshole. Rob's newsroom at gmail.com. Hit us up later, folks.